Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Proverbs 21, verse 2. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. And so um, Heather and I want to talk to you for just a little while today on uh, the heart's motivation. And uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago because Brother Schuller was here last week, but I was talking about... um, how uh, we should desire the gifts, but we are, we're supposed to be pursuing love and all that we do. And so um, it's important that our heart's motivation is love. And you can do things and do it for the wrong reasons yeah. and the wrong motivation. And uh, I was uh, reading this week, uh, would it be in this time of year, with, with the story of the announcement of the birth of Jesus, but also uh, the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. And when you read that in Luke chapter 1, um, Gabriel shows up to Zechariah and he shows up to Mary and he tells them, he tells them that they're getting ready to experience a miracle, both of them. Because mm-hmm. he tells Zechariah, he says, you know, uh, Elizabeth is going to ha- have a child and this is what's going to happen. He's going to do all these great things. And he says, how can this be? I'm old. And she's up in years, too. He was nice to her. He put it more plainly about himself. He said, well, we're both old. How's this going to happen? And the angel, uh, Gabriel, tells him, says, because you didn't believe, you're, now you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to talk until these things have taken place. And, you know, he, he can't speak until uh, they name John on his day of circumcision. Well, Mary, Gabriel tells her, you're going to have a child. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're... And he's going to do all this stuff, too. And, and uh, Mary asked him, says, well, how's this going to be when I've, uh, I've never known a man? And the angel is super nice to her. If you read it, he doesn't get upset. And see, the difference here, they both ask the same question. How? How can this be? But yet they got two different responses. And it's because of the motivation of the heart. See, Zechariah, what he was doing, he was asking how, and his motivation was a motivation of unbelief. Mary's motivation was, tell me what I need to believe. They both asked how, but it was two different reasons. She wanted to believe. She just needed more information to get to where she needed to be. He didn't believe. He was just saying, how can this be? I'm too old. It's not basically saying it's not going to happen. Give me the information I need to believe was Mary's. And so that, that is the reason there was a different response from the angel. They both asked the same question. And so sometimes when we're going through life, especially as trying to do our best we can for the Lord, and we're, we're, we're we, I don't understand. I'm going to church like everybody else. I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Why do they seem to be getting all these results and I don't? But what's our heart's motivation? 
You can be doing all the same things as somebody else, but your motivation be completely different. And because of that motivation is ultimately what is going to give you the, those, those results that you do or don't want uh, in your life. And so our motivation should be love uh, in everything that we do. And so that's kind of where we're going with this and want you to, to uh, ask yourself in this season, uh, are you being motivated by love the way that you should? And that story, I've, I mean, because Aaron, he shared that with me last night. That wasn't even really a part of the original message um, when we went over it the first time. But, I mean, that just, there's, that's so full because the truth is our questions are always safe with the Father if our motivation is to try to grow closer to Him. I mean, that, her, how can this be? I mean, it was safe with Him. Because he knew she just wanted more of him. And so, you know, let that encourage you. Your, your why is this or how can this be in your life? It's safe with him if you just, if you trust him and you want to grow closer to him. So we're talking about heart's motivation this morning. And um, Aaron and I, in our personal lives, we talk about this regularly because um, we, we kind of, recenter each other, um, you know, about our motivation for our whys of doing things in our lives. And we've been bouncing these thoughts off of each other. Um, and it's helped us to change the way that we think about a lot of things. And we want to challenge you with that too, because so often, especially right now in this season, I feel like we do things, a lot of things for other people. And we feel like we're doing so much and you know, honestly, probably we are, we're doing a lot, but why are we doing them? Are we doing the things that we do for other people because we love them or because we just feel like um, it's a quota or something that we have to fulfill or just to make ourselves feel good? And when it comes to, to our heart's motivation, we have to make sure that um, the motivation is love and not a form of manipulation. Now, when you say the word manipulation, people automatically think, oh, that's not me. I don't, I don't operate. You think, of, you think of somebody trying to actually just take advantage of uh, of people, but it happens easier than you think. Uh, it's like when we when we give in the offering, we give expecting God to bless us, but we don't give so that God will bless us, because our, our desire should just be to give to God because we love Him, not because we're trying to manipulate God. If even if that were possible, try to manipulate God to give you you something back. And so when you do something nice for someone, you help someone out, or you do you do a kind deed. Uh, it should just be from a heart of love and a heart of compassion for that person or that need or whatever it is that you're trying to meet. It shouldn't be for uh, to try to manipulate someone to do what you want them to do. Um, and it shouldn't be for recognition because even that is a form of manipulation because you see you're really still not doing it for the person. You're doing it for yourself. And everyone likes receiving recognition. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, and it's okay to receive it as long as it's not the motivation behind what we're doing. See, we're to be people of love, and that even applies to, to reaching the nations for Jesus Christ. That even applies to extending the kingdom. There's no need to ask God to, you know, uh, uh, there's, there was this big thing. It still is a big thing, but uh, a few years back, Everybody, it seemed like the catchphrase that a lot of the conferences and stuff we get to, uh, we go to, would be talking about, uh, where I'm asking God for this city, I'm asking God for this nation, and we're gonna take back, you know, whatever city they were from or whatever state. And uh, the thing about it is, is you don't need to just ask God for a city. 
You need to ask God to help to give you a love for that city or whatever it is you're going to try and take for the kingdom of God. If it's your job, if it's your family, but if it's Fayetteville, God, just give me Fayetteville. No, you need to ask God to give you a love for Fayetteville because once you go from a, a motivation of love, that's when everything begins to change because we have to be really careful not to be those manipulators that we don't want to be. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but what is our, what is our motivation for even sharing the gospel with people? You know, if we share the gospel with someone, if I share the gospel with a person, it should be because I'm motivated, not just to, uh, because I'm motivated with a love for them and I love them so much, I have to tell them about how good God is. They have to know this, this person. They have to meet uh, Jesus. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be because I'm just trying to manipulate that person into being saved or into uh, joining my church or into believing like I do so there's less people that don't believe like I do. And, and I know that, that, that it's not an excuse not to witness. It's not an excuse not to go out and tell people about Jesus, but we need to have the right motivation. My motivation should be for a love for that person. That's good. So we are all called to be ministers, um, not just people who are on the platform, all of us, every single person in here, you are called to be a minister of God. We're called to minister to every person we come in contact with. And I, I mean, I find that funny because, I mean, it seems like every time we do a sermon that week, I'm challenged <laughs> by what we're preaching. But it, it's kind of difficult in every interaction you have with people to consider yourself a minister because that that kind of puts a little bit, you know, we would be a little bit more careful in our interactions with other people, I think. It can feel a little overwhelming when we view our task that way. But how can we minister to everybody? How is that even possible? Because you feel like there's not, there's really not enough time in the day to stop. I mean, especially, like we keep saying, especially right now. I mean, how much time do we really have? But I think that process just feels so much more difficult because we aren't encountering people with a true heart of love. It's kind of like people are considered more of a task than, than an opportunity to love. And I'm definitely speaking to myself. I mean, because like literally yesterday, and I had, a, I had a couple interactions with, you know, it was kind of frustrating where work was concerned. And I can't say that I necessarily encountered every conversation with, with a motivation of love to love those people. That's one of the things that we need to challenge ourselves and changing the way that we think about it. Because I personally, just to be honest, I've had a problem with putting people in little boxes and categorizing them with one thing or another. And uh, categorizing people can be a dangerous thing. Now, um, we need to first make sure it's okay to set boundaries. Yes. We need to set boundaries with people. And we need to respect other people's boundaries. Sometimes that's the harder part for most of us. Um, but we actually, the word where we get our word categories from is a Greek word called uh, kategoros, if I'm saying it right. I think it's spelled pretty easily like it sounds, so I think I'm, I'm saying it right. But kategoros is, a, is the Greek word we get it from. And you can find that word in the Bible. And actually when it's in the Bible, the translation is accuser. So our word categories comes from categoros, which is a word that means accuser. And since we all know who the accuser is, it should be obvious to us that we need to be careful uh, not to categorize people to the extent that we start acting like the enemy. And we start behaving like him instead of behaving like the father and showing people uh, the love that they, 
that they deserve. Our motivation always needs to be love. And I know that probably our boxes of categorizing people might be different, but mine have always been labeled as convenient and inconvenient. It's, I mean, it just, that, that's just what's always been my thing. Are you convenient in this moment or are you inconvenient? And then you get put in that box. And that's just how I categorize things. Relationships, um, if, and if I started viewing someone as being inconvenient, you know, that relationship would start to change a little bit. You know, there might start becoming some distance between me and that person because they no longer were convenient to me. I mean, I hate to say it, but that, to be honest, that's, that's how I, I classified people. I mean, especially in my, in my younger walk with the Lord. And this is why I always do whatever I have to check Aaron with Heather and do whatever Heather convenient. wants so I don't get put in the wrong box. <laughs> So I believe that the reason for categorizing people in that way is because I wasn't approaching people with a heart of love. I wasn't keeping that top of mind awareness. I mean, I think sometimes we think that once we ask Jesus into our lives, that stuff just magically becomes easy to us. But that's not the way that it is. I mean, that's, that's why we are called to renew our minds daily. Because these kinds of things are the things we have to make sure that we keep ourselves in alignment with the Lord so that we can approach things with a heart of love. You see, love is easy to say. Like, we tell people we love them all the time. But it's not always the easiest to live. In 1 John 4, 7 through 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God. So everyone that loves is born of God, meaning they're children of God, and they know God. He that doesn't love doesn't love God for God is love. So beloved, let us love one another. So in order to be more like our father, more like Jesus, more like Holy Spirit, we are supposed to live a life of love. They are love. Everything that they do, they do in love. So if that is what they are, that's what their offspring should look like. I mean, usually your kids look like you or they act like you, they talk like you. Those are your kids. That's your offspring. So if we are offspring of the Father and God is love, that's what we're supposed to be portraying to the world. And if we are not, whose offspring are we acting like? I mean, that's kind of a sobering thought. We talk about the accuser. We talk about all of those things. If we are putting people into those little boxes, those little categories, they're inconvenient. We're not showing them love. We are acting like the accuser and not like our Father. And I know that's uncomfortable, but honestly, sometimes loving people is. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Oftentimes, love is inconvenient, but we're still called to do it. Even when we've been hurt, abandoned, even when we've been rejected. And I know that doesn't seem realistic, because if you're like me, when I think of that list, I think of that one person in my life or in my past that God can't really mean that person. Like, you know, I should get a freebie, right? You know, but that's not the case. We're called to love all of those people. Isn't that what Jesus did? He was hurt, abandoned, rejected. I mean, from the very beginning, like Tommy said, I mean, he was in there with stinky animals. There wasn't even room for him. I I mean, like even what Brother Schuler was preaching, if I as a pregnant woman would have shown up to a hotel And that's where I was going to have my baby. And they didn't even have room for me. And I knew he was the savior of the world. I might would hold a grudge. I mean, honestly. But Jesus calls us to something higher. He loved over and over again. And he set our example. 
He's given us that calling, and we just need to walk in it. If you serve other people just because you feel like you're called to do it, or you serve them just with passion, we could end up like Jonah. And if any of I feel like probably most of us are somewhat familiar with the story of Jonah, but he was definitely called to serve the people of Nineveh. I mean, to the point of when he tried to walk, run away from his calling, he was swallowed up by a big fish. Aaron corrected me last night. I said by a whale, but he said that nobody really knows for sure that it was a whale, a big fish. So, I mean, even to the point of that, I mean, have you ever run from your calling and then been swallowed by a big fish because you were running away from it? I mean, Everybody knew he was called. He was definitely passionate about the message he was preaching, but he didn't approach that calling or that passion with a heart of love, and that changed everything for him. I mean, you think he was doing everything that God called him to do, but love the people, and that story, the end of the book of Jonah had such a note of finality to it. It was over. It wasn't a good ending. And it's just so sad because that's what happens when calling and passion aren't rooted in love. Like with Zechariah, he was passionate. He was a priest. But his motivation in asking God the whys and the hows wasn't because of love. We see people as inconvenient instead of seeing them as the beloved of God. And the truth is none of us are perfect. I don't know why I felt like I need to look at you when I said that. <laughs> but none of us are perfect. And if the love of God was earned through perfection, none of us would be good enough. That's just the truth. The best Christian in the whole world, if it was based off of your perfection, you wouldn't be good enough. But God's calling over us is in Christ. He's confessed things over us. His confession over you is that you're a new creature in Christ. You're his beloved through Christ. You can do all things and experience signs and wonders with Christ in you. That's the truth of the word of God. We have to change our heart's motivation and change the way that we think of other people. And some of you may know this. Um, some of you may not. I think most of you do. But we love, Aaron and I love a lot of the music that's come out of Bethel Church, Bethel Music. There's a lot of worship songs that are sung in the contemporary churches that have come from them. And the primary praise and worship leaders out of that church are Brian and Jen Johnson. And they've groomed so many amazing worship leaders. I mean, it's, it's really incredible what they've been able to accomplish. Um, but one specific testimony that I heard really spoke to me and it stuck with me. Um, you may or may not be familiar with Stephanie Gretzinger. She's a, a singer who came out of Bethel Church. Um, but she said that she was thankful for Jen Johnson because Jen championed her and saw something in her before anyone else did. I, I believe that the story was that Stephanie was just worshiping. She was just in a service just worshiping. And Jen, it's like she zeroed in on her and, and just saw something in her that no one else did. She called her to step out of the crowd and helped her step into her calling. I mean, and that's the thing is that I can't imagine that Stephanie Gretzinger, the first time she led worship, was what she is probably today. But she was championed. Someone called something out in, in her out of a heart of love. And, and I have been personally impacted by her in her worship leading. And some, that just awakened something in me to try to champion other people, to see something in them that other people may not see, even themselves. But I don't want to champion a person out of just wanting attention for coming back on me for doing it. It needs to be 
your championing others needs to be because there's something in them of God that the world deserves to see. There's something in you that no one else can bring to the world. And, I mean, if it cause, if someone needs to champion you to bring that out, you know, let it, be, let it be us. Let it be us as the body of Christ. That's what us as the body, that's what we're supposed to do. We need to champion other people because we love them. It really all comes back to love. And when love's not involved, that's when, uh, when everything changes in the wrong direction. Um, there's a there's a quote and I cannot remember um, who I got this from so uh, if if you like it I came up with it if you don't it was Heather who told me to write this down but uh, it's it says knowledge gives advice but wisdom gives love and you think about what goes on a lot of times um, it's always going on in the world but even in the church now there's just a lot of advice that goes around over and over. I mean, you can, there's some of the smartest men and women ever that are sitting in pulpits. Well, I guess they usually stand. We like to sit, but standing in pulpits every week or, you know, they got them over different ministries and they can tell you how to do everything. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're going through, <laughs> even if they've never been through it and they've never, you know, they don't have any experience at all and never, they've not prayed about it or anything, they can tell you exactly what you, they can give you all kinds of advice. Mm-hmm. But what most people really need is love. And see, that comes, from, that comes from wisdom. And we're supposed to have the wisdom of the Lord. That's what we're supposed to be able to offer. And so I would think that the wisdom of the one who is love probably would involve love, but yet there's so much going on in the church that's, that's not love at the same time. And... Um, much, so much of the church on getting people uh, saved all the time and so little of it is bringing people to the knowledge of the truth. It's like there's not that advancement that there seemed to used to be, there used to be in the church. Uh, I don't know really the answer to why that is, but there's still a big focus on getting people saved, but there's not quite as much on them growing and maturing in the Lord. And if you really think about it, the church is one of the, the only places where it's, it's kind of like it's okay to bring people in, and it's still okay 20 years later for them to be the, in, in the exact same place. They can be the exact same as they were 20 years earlier. We should all be advancing and growing in some way when it comes to the, to the kingdom of God. Uh, if, if church was a school, it would be the only school that's ever been uh, created where they're always wanting to take in new students, but nobody's advancing to the next grade. Everybody just keeps staying in the, in, the, in the same place. And it shouldn't be that way. We should be loving one another, and we should be helping one another, and we should be encouraging and pushing one another to grow in the knowledge of the truth, and especially uh, with new, new believers. Now, we say that we want to see people saved, but do we really? Do we really? I, I honestly believe there's a lot of people that the only reason they even invite people to church is that they're worried that if they don't, their church might close down one day or they might not be able to pay the bills or they might, they've got all these other reasons except for the one motivation it's supposed to be a love for someone to introduce them to the one that you're supposed to be in love with. The one that's supposed to mean everything to you. Do we really love people enough to see them through the whole process of coming into the kingdom of God? Do we have the kind of love in our hearts that allows us to give of ourselves just to help someone? 
See, think of it this way. Now, I'll go ahead and say, now, when it comes to new believers, you can't do it for them. We can't get, you know, if someone, if, 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 they have, if, if they expect you to be there every time they open their Bible and every time they pray, and they're not personally pursuing a relationship with Jesus, I, I'm not talking about doing it for someone. Okay, so let me just, just say that. But just imagine for a moment if, um, if you found out Heather and I, we had a newborn baby at the house. <laughs> and we decided that uh, we would just leave that baby at the house by itself for a few days. Just give him some alone time. What, what type of people would you think we were? You would probably not think very highly of us. Uh, but what about this? So we don't, we, we don't just leave the baby by itself because we, we love babies. <laughs> and so what we do is we make sure before we leave, because we're still going to leave it, <laughs> that the house, the thermostat is set at a perfect temperature for a baby to rest and, you know, be at peace. And we have the house is full of diapers. There's plenty of food. Uh, there's plenty of uh, baby formula. All the stuff it would need. Um, Toys, blankets. Yeah, everything, everything. Pacifiers and bottles and all those different things. They're everything that you could ever want for a baby. We've, we've bought enough for 10 babies, even though we only got one. The house is full of it. And, and we put the baby in the middle of the living room and surround it with all the stuff. Then what type of people would you think we were? crazy child abusers instead of just child <laughs> instead of just child abusers we would still call that abuse you would call it neglect and if i were to say oh wait a minute no no you don't understand we just we love babies can't you see all the stuff we're providing for this baby can't you see all the money that we spent for this baby can't you see all the stuff that we've done and everything it needs it's right here for the baby it's there if i said that hopefully someone would slap me and tell me I was crazy, try to slap some sense into me. Because if that was me talking to someone, I'd say, no, you don't love babies. You can say you love babies all you want, but if you loved a baby, you would spend time with that baby. You would never leave that baby. You would hold that baby in your arms as much as you could. You would make sure all those different things. I'd say you have no idea how to take care of a baby. You would never leave a baby if you loved one. But you see, what do we do in the church? We do the same thing with new believers and call it discipleship. And again, we can't do it for them. We can't create their relationship with Jesus. But, but many times we, we give them a new Bible, and that's good. We need to give them a new Bible. Preferably we give them one in a translation they can understand, but we need to give them a new Bible. We give them maybe a book or something, and we, we tell them about a, our favorite speaker and how you can listen to his or her podcast. And, and then we give them the old faithful, pray and have faith, and we call it love. All of those things are good. All those things are, are good advice. But where's the wisdom where we just come up beside them and we begin to love on them? And we show them the love of the Father. See, we, we surround newborn babies in Christ with, all, with a lot of great things, a lot of things that they will be able to use one day. But we just leave them without loving them enough to lead them into the knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. And why do we do what we do? We have, to, we have to answer the question. Is it, is it love or is it guilt? Is it faith or is it fear? Is it obedience uh, or is it obligation? What is our motivation that causes us to do the, even the good things that we do for the kingdom of God? Why do we do it? 
It should be from a motivation of love. And I mean, all of this stuff, let's just preface with, I mean, we're all on the same journey as far as we're trying to get, we're going from glory to glory. I mean, there's, there's work to do in all of our lives. All of these things, these things that we're saying, it's so important just to remember. I mean, so it's not, it's, it's just one of the, it's very challenging, but it's something that we need to remember on the daily basis with our constant interaction with other people, because it does come down to love. And if we, people, people are almost like kids. Kids can always tell when you're faking. They can always, and they'll call it out in you. I mean, that's how kind of the world is, is they're, they, they don't necessarily know what real love looks like, but they know what it doesn't look like. And if we don't show them what real love looks like, I mean, that's where we're missing it. That's where we, we really need to be the hands and the feet of the Lord. And our motivation is where it all comes from. And I never knew that kind of love until I became a parent. I mean, it's, it's like, it's just different. It just changes. Um, cause anybody in here who's a parent, you know, that kids can be inconvenient. Everybody can be inconvenient, but it's like, um, anytime, you know, you had a date night when they were little or anytime, you know, you'd go out on a trip or whatever. I mean, Steven was notorious for it. When y'all going to be home? Or like one time specifically, he called it like one o'clock in the morning wanting to know when we'd be home. I mean, he just, and, and that's, it was sweet. We were on a us. date. We were out of town. Oh yeah. Oh man. But date nights don't go. To no, date nights usually last till about nine o'clock. <laughs> don't be setting unrealistic expectations out here. But as a parent, the nights of very little sleep, like if your kids are sick or the stress, I mean, so kids are worth it. But just because they get older doesn't mean that there isn't stress involved with parenting. It's just the way that it is. But all of that pales in comparison to how much you love them. It's just, it's true. Your love for them as your child makes it all worth it. And that's how we should love each other. And I mean, it it feels like this is a basic truth, but we haven't grasped it yet. That we are supposed to love each other within this body like that, with the love of the Father. Our love for other people should be so powerful and so deep. It doesn't matter how inconvenient they are. We should love them anyway. And it doesn't matter how much someone's hurt us or pushed us out of our comfort zones. I mean, I'm like as a parent, there have been times where like my children, it's not like they tell you, tell me every moment of every day, mommy, you're the best mommy in the whole world. Mommy, you know, all these things, they're, they are amazing, beautiful children. But my response to them can't be because of what they give to me. That's not what love actually looks like. We're called to love. It doesn't matter how much passion or gifting or money or intellect we have. If we don't have love, none of that's worth it. It's all for nothing if we don't. And I don't, how many people were here last week when Brother Schuller was preaching? So, you know, those, all those times, like whenever he would kind of step in front of the speaker and then it would squill and then, I mean, he'd walk away. So he did the right thing as far as walking away, but he, it would squill. So let me read you something. 
says in 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So whatever, like think of what your favorite praise and worship song is. Your favorite song that if, the, if, if we sang it, you'd be right there, you know, immediately. Think of that. Well, so what if I, I start singing that song and it's perfect? No allergies, <laughs> no sickness, like every single note is perfect, which I, I've yet to sing something like that. But anyways, I, that's a dream. But I sing in it and I'm getting it. But then I stand in front of this speaker and I face that speaker and that thing starts squealing. But I keep singing. I keep, I'm giving it all I have and that thing keeps squealing. What really are you going to hear? What's going to be your takeaway? That, not what I'm singing, not how good it is. You're going to be thinking about how aggravating it is that I'm standing in front of that speaker and I'm not stepping away. That's what it's like whenever we do what we do, but we don't do it out of a motivation of love. We think that that beautiful sound is what they're hearing, but they're hearing that whenever our motivation isn't what it should be. Now, sometimes in the church, you, it's kind of like you, you forget what it's like to not be in the church. And uh, Heather and I, one time, um, we were just visiting a bunch of different churches. And I had always been like, I don't want to say in the clique, but like, I always been a regular attender enough to be part of what was going on in the church and understand. And... I remember even thinking when I was younger, like I couldn't understand why people would come and there'd be such a, a great service and they wouldn't come back. Um, or I would hear them talking about how bad the service was. They didn't like that kind of service. And you, you know, you would feel, you could, you could feel the presence of the Lord in the service and uh, it was one of them, a lot of times it's one of those ones where the, you know, the preacher didn't even preach services. <laughs> And we went to this church one time, great church, good people. Um, we liked the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently they had been having some really good services where the preacher didn't get to preach. <laughs> and it was like on week five of no preaching. And um, from the opening comments, you could just tell they wanted week six. Like they kept talking about it, but it didn't feel like there was anything really happening in the service. And they kept pushing it and pushing it. And, uh, and it was just, they started having them like the greatest time ever at this service. But to me and Heather as visitors at the church, it was a horrible service. Yeah. Now, maybe somebody got touched down there. Maybe they didn't. I'm just talking like what it felt like to us on the outside. And that's not the same thing as what we're talking about with love, but I mean, you can kind of draw a parallel there. Sometimes, like she said, we think we're doing all this great stuff, but all they're hearing is the feedback from the monitors. They're not see, they're not, they're not even, they're not getting it. Yeah. And we have to be careful that we don't become so churched that we forget how to relate to people. Because it, it's, it's, it, that's not what it's about. It's always about a relationship with God and and he's love. And so our motivation has to be that. In 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 13, it says, And now abide faith, hope, 
love these three, but the greatest of these is love. And the same thing, we talk a lot in the church about faith and hope. And usually we talk about love in reference to the Father, the love of God, the love of the Father. But what about the love that's in our hearts? When's the last time we thought about that? When's the last time we took inventory of the way that we're loving? His love is perfect. His love never fails. But what about, what about us? And so we pray all the time. Now, we're talking about faith and hope. and love. We pray all the time for more faith. We pray for things that we're hoping for that we want to see come to pass. But when's the last time we prayed for God to increase our love? When's the last time we thought about love in the sense of God help me to love love this person better help me to love this in this situation help me to show love more in it just ask yourselves for a moment when when it comes to our relationship with the lord when is the last time god i want to i want to love you more i want to i want to love you better see why do we do the things that we do why do we why do we serve the lord why do we why do we live our lives by certain standards why do we uh is it because of a list of rules that we've been that we had drilled into us since we were small or since we joined the church? Is it because we, we don't want to disappoint the preacher? Is it because we don't want to disappoint our parents? You know, is it because we don't want to make God mad and because we don't want to go to hell? Is that our only motivation anymore in the church? See, if our reasons for serving God are anything besides love for Him, then we've already missed it. We're, all, we're, already, we're already behind the game on it. It has to be a motivation of love. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, Jesus said, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. So I'm just going to tell you plainly this morning. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how committed we are. It doesn't matter how effective we may seem to be or think that we are in ministry. It doesn't even matter if you're doing miracles. If the motivation is not love, then He doesn't know us. That's the number one goal we should all have is to know Him. That's what He says everlasting life is, to know the Father. And yet we're trying to accomplish everything else except be people of love that know the Father. See, in this scripture uh, I just read, why didn't they know Jesus? The reason is even though they were doing all these things that were... That, that were good things and that were in their eyes they were doing for God, they were never with God. They were just doing things for God without ever having the relationship with Him. Our relationship with Jesus is an intimate relationship. And with, with our relationship with Him as well as with any intimate relationship, when it's built on just doing all the right things instead of having the right heart and the right motivation, the outcome is always going to be disconnection. It, it, that's, it's the same way in marriage or anything else. You can, you can do everything right and your marriage fall apart if you're disconnected. We need to be connected with God. See, there are a lot of good people out there and they're trying to live a Christian lifestyle while being disconnected. And that's why it's such a struggle. There are a lot of good people out there and well-meaning people. They're trying to do ministry. They're trying to help other people while being disconnected. They've forgotten that the first thing they need to do is stay connected to the Father, that they need to fall in love with Jesus. See, we need to be connected in our relationships and, our, and especially our relationship with the Lord. And the way for us to do that is for love to be our motivation, for love to be our reason, love to be our why in everything that we do. 
So we need to be as focused on having the right heart as we are on doing the right thing. And it begins to, it begins to change. Those doing those right things start taking care of themselves. So our heart's motivation, it should always be love. So how many of you feel challenged this morning? <laughs> I know I do. Um, still, even though, you know, I've been being challenged by this all week long. Um, this season is something that it's, it's an it's a amazing opportunity every year for us to go back to the beginning for us to remember how Jesus started, you know? He came simply, just as a baby. I think that there's a lesson in that for us. It's okay sometimes to go back to the beginning. Just because you may have been in church your whole life, that does not mean that you have it all figured out. Sometimes we need to go back to the simple, the simple gospel that God is love and because God loved, he gave his son. Go back to the beginning. And this is always, every year, this is always an invitation that he gives us to remember how he started. And I think sometimes like when we look at a uh, especially a Christian that we respect and we see, you know, their life. And we're like, I wish I was more like that. Or I wish I could do, just think about where they started. Remember the beginning. And that's okay to go back to the beginning sometimes. Um, and, and I think for me, like, that's how I'm going to take this is God remind me that sometimes I try to give so much but what someone's looking for is just as simple as just love, right? So let that just be something this morning for you. Um, you know, we talk about renewing our minds, changing the way that we think. Let, let's take this. Let's start small. Let's go back to the beginning and remember that it all comes down to love. It doesn't matter how talented we are or how smart we are, how much we know. If we don't love, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not going to do anything of what we think that it should accomplish. Um, so bow your heads, please. Lord. The theme, I feel like, this morning and this month has just been making room for you. God, and you know that I told Aaron, I don't want to just give you a room. I want to give you the whole house. I want to give you it all. God, and I know that it comes down to love. My love for you and taking that love that I have from you and just giving it to other people. Lord, please bless every person here. Lord, let every person become more and more aware of your love in their lives in every way, and then that love being able to be shown to every person we encounter. God, and I know it seems like a hard task. It feels hard to me to do, but I know that I can because you've called me to it. You've called me to love others. Even when love is inconvenient, you've called me to love them. 
God, I ask you to let me see people like you do. Lord, let me not just tell them what I know. Give me that godly wisdom. Lord, that even if the truth is something they don't want to hear, they know it's coming from love, so they'll have ears to hear. God, just please, in every way, in every part of our lives, Lord, have your way. We give you all of that space, even the stuff that's difficult, even the stuff that's uncomfortable, even the stuff that we don't understand. Lord, let our whys and our hows come from a motivation of love to want to come closer to you just because we know that you're good and even the things that we don't understand, we do understand that you love us. We do know that you are good, and so we trust you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I ask you to please bless every person here. Lord, bless them, and they're going, and they're coming, God, in every interaction they have with other people. Bless them this week and keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.